You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. We're here to help you rob the pension bank. It's your host, coming to you from Colorado, Patrick Rice. Welcome back to this episode of the Blue Family Tree. Just like she said, our goal here is to keep you alive well into retirement. Take that pension bank for every last cent you can, and in order to do so, we give you a few things to think about that will help keep you alive and get you home safe at the end of every shift. How many times have you seen officers put the bracelets on a suspect, stuff them in the back of their car, and then both officers, the cover and the arrestee, go and start tossing the suspect's car? Who's watching the suspect? I know you've all seen it. I know you've all done it. I've seen it. I've done it. Look, bracelets don't equal safety 100%. We seem to think that once the bracelets are on, everything's over and everything's hunky-dory and nothing's going to happen bad ever again because they're wearing bracelets. Family, I know some of you have seen police cars stolen from the suspect in the back seat. I know some of you have seen windows kicked out and suspects wearing bracelets running down the street. I promise you there will be nothing more embarrassing in your career than losing a set of bracelets because the suspect kicked out the window while your ass was up in his car door with your face underneath his seat looking for dope. Especially if you're the cover officer whose responsibility is to watch the suspect while the investigating officer is looking for that dope. I know all too often we hear people talk about once the cuffs are on, you can't hit them, you can't tase them. You can't use your ASP. Of course, as a general rule, these are pretty safe to say, but we can't ever have a solid rule that there can't be a use of force at some point because with bracelets on, people can still be pretty violent. I know I responded a while back to a suspect who was fighting with an officer inside a gas station. The officer called for Code 3 backup. When I arrived, the two of them were rolling around on the ground. There was merchandise flying off of the shelves in the gas station, it was out of control. It was a mayhem scene. The guy was four inches taller than either one of us and probably 20 pounds, 30 pounds less weight than either one of us. And he was in good shape. And he was also definitely on something. There was something on board with him. And he had some kind of superhuman strength going on. Well, we got him into bracelets and we rolled him over on his side so that we didn't have an asphyxiation problem. But it wasn't long before he caught his breath and he started fighting with us again. He's wearing bracelets. How can he be fighting? Well, he has legs and he has waist and he's able to bend and flex and bend and flex. And those are the kinds of things that we all see when people are in bracelets. So we need to get out of this idea that just because somebody's in bracelets, they're no longer a threat. We even had a woman, a little a little gal, wearing bracelets, sitting in the back of a patrol car, who managed to work her way through the window and into the driver's seat, family, just because somebody's wearing bracelets doesn't make your world completely safe. Cover officers, what's your job? Your job before the arrest is to watch the rest of the world, make sure that there's no incoming threats to the officer doing the investigation. The officer doing the investigation, his job is to be watching the suspect who he's communicating with. Once he decides that there's going to be an arrest, he makes that arrest while you watch as a cover officer the rest of the world. Then he might pass off his arrestee to you. The arrestee goes into the patrol car, and the primary officer goes and starts searching the suspect's vehicle. Now here's where it gets tricky, because I know we all want to be in there finding the dope, finding the guns, finding the stolen merchandise, whatever the case is. 
But as a cover officer, is that your job? Let's say you get in there and you put your sat pocket up in the air and your face down underneath the seat along with the uh, arresting officer on the other side of the car. And lo and behold, you are the hero. You find the dope. You find the gun. Well, now two of you are off the street, potentially for the rest of the shift, writing supplements, booking property. And it's all because you didn't have the discipline to stay in the position you were supposed to be, which was watching the suspect. And that's the best case scenario. The other scenario is that while your sat pocket is down and your face is underneath that seat, your suspect is kicking out the windows and running away with your new pair of bracelets. So your job is to sit there and watch that suspect. And 99 times out of 100, 999 times out of 1,000, nothing's going to happen. But really, that's because you're watching him, and he knows it. What I like to do when I'm the cover officer after an arrest has been made is I'll typically stand at the back tail light of the patrol car that the suspect's been placed in. I'll turn the spotlight from that car backwards so it's shining through into his face. I might even take the spotlight from my car that's parked behind and shine it in the rear window. I put as much light on that suspect as I can, and I stand where he can't see me, and I watch him. And when he does turn around and look at me, all he sees is me glaring at him. He knows I'm there. This is why patrol cars don't get stolen and windows don't get kicked out. But if you're up front searching the car with the initial officer, chances are good you're both going to be tied up on supplements and booking property for the rest of the shift, and you could have a damaged patrol car, missing bracelets, and an at-large suspect. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Blue Family Tree Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify, and of course, thebluefamilytree.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, our primary mission is to provide families of fallen peace officers with a financial gift made up collectively from law enforcement families and close law enforcement supporters from around the country through small monthly donations. Learn how you can contribute to our collective gift at thebluefamilytree.org. And until next time, stay safe. You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast.